The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DGen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Mayakoba Classic. As usual, I am here with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambley. Tyler, did you miss me? Three weeks off. It's sort of wild for me. I've missed it. It's been weird not talking about golf for three weeks. How you been there, brother? I've been good. A couple things. Yes, I fucking missed you. Two, I definitely missed the fact that you host the show because – I don't know if it was embarrassing or not, but I felt like it was. And, man, I definitely don't like hosting this thing. I can tell you that much. Uh, you did fine. I listened to a little bit. I don't really listen to the pod, so don't be offended if you said I didn't listen to <laughs> that, the whole that's thing. That's like me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't listen to the whole thing. But I listened to some of it. You and Gup did a great job from what I listened to. It was fine. You guys you guys did it well. There's no worries. You'll be a fine host. I had the same feeling when I started hosting, too, because Brad was the host for years. And I was just a dude in the background, like, telling silly jokes and getting hammered. And so now, I, you know, I'm still getting hammered. But I have, to, <laughs> I have to be a little bit more focused now when I actually do host uh, the show. Uh, you know, since, since I've been away, a couple of major things have happened. I mean, Tiger hit that 33-1 to at the Zozo Championship once again. Another uh, betting segment win for me, for yours truly. That would be six since the, uh, uh, what was it, the beginning of the FedEx Cup playoffs, so like six in the last ten events that I've had a betting segment part. Uh, so, I mean, it's going hot. Uh, the Nats won the World Series. That was great. So that yeah. week was actually pretty fucking incredible for me because I hit Tiger, and then three days later, I had uh, I had a I had the Nats fourteen to one to win the World Series for a hundred bucks, and I put that down like right before the war- the wild card game. So that was like a two thousand almost a two thousand dollar 
week for me, uh, you know, with less than like a hundred dollars worth or with a little bit more than a hundred dollars worth of bets. So, I mean, that was, that was sweet. So I was, been living off that basically <laughs> you know i missed a whole bunch of work because i was sick uh that week so it, it was really nice to get some of that back um other things uh, the president's cup uh you know i think it was probably the way to go uh what did you think about the, the president's cup and, and and the selections you i mean you're an, you're an international squad guy right. i'm probably rooting for the internationals this year as well uh just because uh, i've been making a big point that i think it's not going to be as a blowout uh, like a lot of people say, uh, what's your take on your team on the international team for the, uh, for the president's cup? Yeah. I mean, I, I probably risk, uh, you know, some oh. of the Cana- Canadian fans that, that love listening, but I, all the guys in Gup's corner, everyone that talk, I talked to in Slack, everybody that knows me knows I'm more American than I am Canadian when it comes to sports and, uh, you know, watching stuff, things, all the Canadian traditions. I hate hockey. I, I talk shit about all kinds of stuff that I'm supposed to love. And it's the same thing here. I actually, I love the American squad. I, I think, the team on the American side, as far as I'm concerned, it was picked exactly as it was supposed to be. I posted it on Twitter. That's what I expected it to be. I joked that I thought, you know, Sicky Fowler, because we've seen the picture of him looking like he's half dead. Uh, you know, I, and it found out afterwards that he was half dead. I guess he's got some bacterial infection or whatnot. So he's even in question to replace Brooks. But that was sort of the thought process was that he was going to come in. Tiger, you know, hits him up at a dinner, you know, over some red wine and says, listen, buddy, you haven't been doing the things lately. I got to go with this squad. But when Brooksy backs out, I'll get you. And I could see something like that happening, right? So, I don't know. The, their squad looks pretty tough. I, I like it. I know on paper it's better. I know you've got some arguments for the other side. I was a little surprised Benny On didn't get in because a lot of the talk was around his pregnancy and, and that. And he even came out on Twitter or on Instagram, I believe it was, actually, and said that, no, actually, that's not the case. I, I'm, you know, her, she's not due till February. So, I thought that was a little crazy. You know, I get the Hadwin and the experience and the putter and everyone wanted Connors. And like I said on Twitter, you could argue that one all day because – younger up-and-comer Corey Connors obviously an incredible immaculate ball striker and then you got you know Hadwin who's done his thing and has been on fire lately as well but you know he's got experience and the putter that's that can really pay off so I get that pick I just I don't know how Benny N didn't get in the guy's just been straight fire the whole year I know he doesn't win but man he shows up all the time he's an excellent ball striker I would have thought that he would have made the squad for sure what about you uh, the funny thing about Ricky is, uh, I guess the bacterial disease that he got, you can get from consuming like a little bit of human waste. Uh, and, you know, wherever he was in Mexico or the water, I'm sure it was something like that. But one guy said that uh, on Twitter that, uh, you know, he just got married. It was on his honeymoon and his wife is, you know, pretty hot. And so he was like, I'd eat her ass too. And I was like, well, I, I, I lost, I lost that shit when I heard that. Because, eh, that makes sense. Maybe that's why he got sick. Uh, but uh yeah, so that's uh, – On, I think, should have made the team. Um, I think the U.S. team was fine. Uh, but, but I think On should have made the team. Uh, but I, I could see where, where Ellis was going with the um, – with the uh, all getting all, all his captain's picks are pretty damn good putters. Or Neiman, who's not the best putter, has had a hot putter for a few months now. So, I mean, that's sort of the way it looked like he was leaning. And I don't hate that play. Uh, Neiman's you know, the future too, right? You got to get yeah. him rolling now. Yeah. You know, this guy's going to be around for a long time. He's a stud. And so you get uh, so right now the internationals are plus 250. Uh, the odds aren't great, but I, I put like 125 bucks on them. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, go- I'm going with, with the international squad. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Uh, you know, I mean, if you look back at the last four president's cups outside of North America, the pres- the international team has outscored the U S team 60 to 57. Now, one of them was the, la- the, the, the what, what, 10 years ago, 
at Royal Melbourne when they whooped the United States ass, beat them by like 10 points. That was the big difference in that. But still, the, the international team has outscored the U.S. President's Cup team 60 to 57 in the last four events outside of North America. There was one in Canada. I'm not counting that. So the, the ones in America and the ones in Canada, I'm not counting, just the ones outside. So, I, you know, and, and, and it's going to be a shot. And I sort of like the way they're marketing it with, you know, the tie is finally going to be broken because that was one of the more memorable team things that we've ever seen uh, when, when Tiger and Ernie battled to a tie. Uh, that one year, I guess, what, 15 years ago, however long it was. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. I know a lot of people don't like watching the event, but uh, team events are my shit. I love them. It's going to be a fun watch. Go Team International. Uh, I'll be rooting for you guys uh, with my wallet, mostly, uh, for the week. Uh, other yeah. things we missed. Uh, Rory. Rory's win the WGC. Uh, Rory's been pissing me off because I- I've bet Xander twice in the last 10 events or so. And the only person that's beaten Xander in those two events has been Roy. Uh, it was at the Tour Championship and it was at the WGC. Went down to a playoff. It was really good golf by those two. It was, it was an exciting watch. Uh, how'd you do that? Did you do okay? Man, I wish I could remember that far. So much going on with NFL, NBA. I think it was an all right week. Oh, I actually, yeah, I got, um, I got eighth in the $8.00. So it was actually a good week. I could have had done more. A guy ran a train of three lineups that came first. Well, they were duplicates. So he first, second, third, right at the gate was him. So I was really like the fourth or fifth best lineup, whatever it was. But, you know, it just didn't pan out in the end. But good good week overall. Yeah, definitely. And the thing about Rory, I just get the feeling that he's going to have a huge year, which is not a, a hot take or anything. But I, I feel like we could see the the headline now, you know, at the end of the year after maybe a major or two, you know, another WGC or a couple big wins. And it says, yeah, there was no rivalry. You're right. And he just dominates the whole year and crushes. And everybody yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I, I think that he's so good. I think that Kepka comment is going, I mean, he, he played it cool. You know, when they asked him about it during the Zozo championship, during that skins game uh, about uh, Kepka's remarks about him, Rory, not being a rival. Um, I think that that's going to light a fire under his ass. He might not have showed it. He might not have said it, but, you know, deep down, you know, that shit's got to be bothering him. Uh, so, I mean, maybe that wasn't the best move by Kepka. Even though I like Kepka doing shit like that because you don't see that in golf that often. Um, but I think it might motivate Roy. And I think you're right. A big year could be coming for him. Um, now, the last thing we'll talk about is last week's um, European tournament. That was some of the most exciting. Okay, first off, let's talk about the, 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 the no-cut events. Let me, let me go back a little bit. So, you know, I've, I, I, everyone knows that I've struggled a little bit in no-cut events. Uh, I went undefeated in cash, you know, no-cut events. I haven't lost in cash since – I haven't lost since, like, week three of the fall. So, everything's going – trending upwards uh, DFS for me. So, I really expect, uh, you know, precipitous downfall here coming soon. Uh, but, uh, you know, these no-cut events, I, I sort of gotten a better idea – of what to do in cash. I mean, it's been a little bit, you know, it's still a small sample size. It's only three events that I've done it for, but you know, maybe I'm getting back on the right track on that. So hopefully as the season moves on and we have a couple of more of these no cut events in the regular season, I can get back on that. But let's talk about um, the, the Euro tour tournament last week, six guy playoff, six man playoff. Okay. <laughs> uh, really exciting, exciting. It was probably one of the more exciting golf tournaments that I watched this season I, if you guys missed it it was a shame um i can get i can understand why i mean it was from 4 a.m to 10 a.m i was barely alive trying to make it watching it uh you know early sunday morning but uh you know i had three guys in the playoffs that i bet outright i had kenny 
Schwab, and Perez all made the playoffs. Okay, I made that six man playoff, and I couldn't get a fucking win in that. And that shit was so bitter. Hatton <laughs> makes that. Hatton makes like some eighty foot god chip on the first uh, playoff hole where he should have been out of the damn tournament. Uh, makes that and goes on to win. I was so bitter. Golfing or gambling fucking sucks. Yeah, I love it. I'm just kidding. But it sucked <laughs> for me right then. I was so bitter. I just went straight to sleep. Uh, and it, I, you said you didn't watch the tournament. Right? No, I, I just know that I saw some of the stuff and I know that that was a huge factor in, I think it was Josh Perry and Ryan Baroff both had the 180 to one double or something. So it's like your pain is their glory. It's just the way she rolls. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is I, I think my luck is about to run out because I forgot to mention that I also did win in cash. My cash lineup hit during the WGC with Ian Poulter with a withdrawal. Like how often do you get the cash <laughs> with yeah. the withdrawal in your lineup? So the luck is going real well for me right now. We'll see how long it lasts. Like I don't know uh, how long this can go, but we're going to keep on riding it. All right. So, I need to uh, go ahead and uh, I need to find my phone. Oh, there it is. So before we get into uh, before we get into this week, let's talk about GubsCorner.com. Use promo code DGEN10. Get yourself a 10% off uh, your subscription for a year-long or a monthly-long pass uh, for GubsCorner.com. You get NBA. You get golf. You get uh, football. You get all. You get baseball when it comes back. All of it is included in these plans uh, as long as you don't, you know, and this is just, the base plan, uh, but all of them are just included. So, you know, you get all these different sports. You get my article every week, Tambo's article every week for both football and golf. You get GUPS rankings for both football and golf, ownership percentages, uh, uh, ownership projections. Uh, you get a lineup generator. It's everything you need uh, on one site. So go to, go to GUPSCorner.com, use promo code DGEN10, get yourself a subscription now. So let's talk about this week's tournament, the PGA Tour. Heads to Playa del Carmen. Oh, actually, the Listener League. Listener League. I'm sorry. It's been three weeks. I, I've been messing up. But, you know, that's what happens when you don't do stuff for a couple of weeks. Listener League lineup. Tamba, you got it. Who won? This was a, another blowout. So it was an 11 and a half point win from McKelly, M-A-K-E-L-I. So uh, decent lineup. This, really. Wait, this, was, this was for the WGC, right? That's right. Yeah. So, okay. um, you know, we got to talk about the three men becoming a four man. We'll get into that. But real quick, McKelly's lineup had eight answer. Guy I'll talk about this week. Rory, who we just spent some time on. Louis O at 17.3% was a nice piece in there. And then Adam Scott, Eric Van Royen, and Zing, or Zang, basically X-Zang, I call him. This guy is, uh, you know, overall 601.5, and the next close was 590.50. So did a great job. He's definitely going to be in the what's now a four-man this week, I guess. Right, Kenny? Yeah, I guess I got, forgot to get in the four-man for the, the, the week before for the WGC. So R.P. Herzog, I think that was his name, will have him on the four-man since he missed it out that week. We'll make it a four-man for this week. All right. So let's get to this week. The PGA Tour heads to Playa de Carmen, uh, Mexico, for the uh, for the uh, OHL Classic. I don't even is it the OHL Classic anymore? I, think I don't even think. I think it's just the Mayakoba Classic. Uh, there are 132 golfers to choose from on DraftKings this week, which is going to be a lot different than what we've seen in the last month or so with all these no cut events. And of course, top 65 and ties make the cut. Uh, the tournament has been played at El Camillion since 2007, so there's a good amount of course history here. Right. Uh, unlike many of the events in the fall, there hasn't been too many first-time winners, and veterans have dominated the winner's circle. Ten of the last 12 winners have been over the age of 30. 
experience of this course doesn't look like a precursor to success as four of the last eight winners here won on their first attempt at the course. Uh, this course doesn't necessarily favor bombers off the tee as the only previous winners inside the top 100 in driving distance for the year they won were Patton Kazire, uh, Harris English, and Charlie Hoffman. Uh, the year English won, the course was played like a lot longer uh, due to crazy wet conditions, and they actually used preferred lives uh, that week as well. The winning score is usually in the high teens, so birdies are a must. But with all the trouble around the course, this layout can play tough if the wind blows hard. Uh, since the course is situated around the Caribbean Sea, there is definitely a chance that the weather could be a factor. Uh, looking at the current forecast, it looks as if rain will affect the tournament early on, making soft conditions likely. Winds don't look too detrimental, though, but as we all know, weather forecasts can't be trusted 100%. Uh, if you're looking for correlated courses to El Camillion, uh, check out TPC Kuala Lumpur and Cocoa Beach uh, and Corrales in Puerto Rico, um, where, you know, since both, all these courses use past and grass on the greens. Also, maybe take a look at Harbor Town. Uh, you know, it's another short par 71 with narrowish fairways. So El Camillion is a 6,987-yard par 71 with four par threes and three par fives. The par fives are all reachable in two by most golfers, and they play as the three easiest holes on the course. Unlike most weeks, the par threes are very short, and with the only and with, with only the par three tenth hole, 200 yards, which is 200 yards, stretching over 160 yards. There are only two par fours over 460 yards, with six in between 400 and 460, and three under 400 yards. The course is known for its diverse landscapes, as golfers will be playing through dense jungle vegetation, mangrove forests, and oceanside holes. The holes by the ocean can get very tricky if there is wind, but as golfers move more inland, the wind should affect the ball less. Off the tee, golfers will see different width fairways, but for the most part, the fairways are pretty tight. Uh, with all the trouble lurking around the fairways, golfers will probably think the fairways are actually narrower than they actually are, just from a visual standpoint. Now, because of this and the lack of length of the course, I expect most golfers to leave their drivers in the bag on most holes. Uh, the rough around the fairways won't be too high or thick, but if golfers miss the fairways by, you know, 30, 30, 30 plus feet, they'll have to deal with sand dunes, canals, mangrove forests, and dense jungle vegetation. Uh, if golfers do miss wildly, they'll hope their ball ends up in a dune rather than any other of these options. Uh, on approach shots, golfers will see fairly large greens, actually pretty large, average around 7,000 square feet, with bunkers surrounding most of them. The grass on the greens is seaside past Palom, and they will be running on the slower side with a stint meter rating of around 10.5 to 11. There isn't too much slope and undulation on these greens, but some of them are elevated and have false fronts. So depending on the pin locations, this could be a factor this week. Water will be in play on roughly half the holes, but the main defense of this course, like I said earlier, will be the weather. If the wind blows, expect a lot more difficult of a course. If it doesn't, expect the birdie fest. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, it's going to be bad, I think, for me. It's going to be really good or really bad, and I'll tell you why. Because before I get into the stats, it's really going to come down to a lot of these, like, plotters and, you know, nickel and dimers, I'll call them, whatever you want to say. We'll get into all of them, the, the McDowells, the Knoxes, the Kisners, all these guys that probably do well here. I don't really like any of them. And you, we talk about it all the time. You don't send me anything until, like, right before the pod. You just let me know who your cash game cornerstones are going to be, and then it's sort of a comparison piece. And, yeah, I think I'm off, like, three out of the, my three pivots, I think, are three of your four 
Cash Game Cornerstone. So we'll see we go. how it works out this week. But yeah, for stats wise, you said it. It's fairways are very important off the tee game. You know, got to get it in. In that sense, the the greens and regulation are a little bit easier, a little bit nor. You know, I think they're slightly normal than the average. But it really comes down to then it's going to be things like opportunities gained or getting it within that 15 foot range and the proximity of it, so you can make these putts. The you know is, is what they say. What they say about it is that it looks like you're able to, and we've got all the history on it, but I mean, it depends on the conditions. It looks like it's going to be soft, as you mentioned. So she'll be able to drain them. And, and that's why I still want guys that are putting it in tight, tap it in and move on. Uh, approach is huge. And then par four, there's just a ton of par fours here. So par four scoring is another big one for me. All right, so let's move on to the tiers. We got up top, Billy, or the 10K range and above, Billy Horschel all the way up to the villain. Whoa, Matt, we didn't Matt talk Kuchar. about this yet. The What's villain, up? the villain. Your boy, your boy. Yeah, yeah. But who do you like in this range there, Tambo? I actually don't even like this range. So oh, I don't sake, either. For I'm going to play that, a couple, but I don't either. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm only going to play one if I play it. And I made it my T3PO for that reason, just because my main thing about the villain, I know I'm, I'm always this boy, Kuchar. I love the guy. I fucking stick up for him 24-7, but it is what it is. He's great. It's just the problem for me is he hasn't been great. And so I don't think he's going to be super popular or anything. I'm more just bringing up the factor that I'll likely, in all likelihood, have 0% completely. I don't really care about Day. Day is just not doing it for me with the price, right? And even Hovland is expensive. That's why I don't really love him. But my first would be to be all in Hovland if I'm going up top. So of these three guys, I'm going to go Hovland over both of them. But my T3PO would be over Kucher, just in case people say, well, if he won last year and he's that good and he's good at Wiley Country Club, which is a comparable course, and you know, I got to go back to him. He's only going to be five to seven percent owned. Let's take a shot. I just don't think he's playing well enough to pay off eleven four. I don't see it. So Hovland would be my guy. He's the all four under seventy king. All he does is make cuts. Really comes down, like I say, probably just having zero percent rolling with Hovland over any of them, if that. Yeah, I mean, I like Hovland too. The thing about Kucher, I'm not going to play him. Uh, but the one thing I will say about him is he's probably going to be the least owned golfer in this range. Well, would you agree with that? Oh, probably. It just like I mean, Day doesn't get any love either. These guys will both not get any love, but I don't care. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'm not playing either one of them. But if you're the contrarian type guy, you know, you you get a defending champion for you know maybe nine, eight, twelve percent, something like that. And, and the thing is, the, the ownership is definitely going to be more in play than it, it has been for the uh, no cut events, where everything is basically pretty evenly distributed i mean if the thing you noticed about these these uh no cut events the last few weeks is the ownership up top i mean like three or four of the guys will be from 20 to 23 percent uh you know there's no one really that much higher that much lower it's going to be different this week and you're going to see it and i think hovland's going to be one of the more popular plays in this range but i do like him uh, everything matches up i mean the one worry you have with hovland is that his main strength you know he, he's long off the tee his power that's going to be you know taken back a little bit but you never know with these guys these young guys maybe he breaks out the driver a hell of a lot more than people think i, I don't know uh so so but i do like the way he plays and he can get out of trouble pretty well uh he hits a lot of green so hovland yeah i like hovland but i do like billy horschel uh a lot here and now he's played a bunch overseas so you're not going to get the uh strokes gain stats so that's why his stats you know aren't that you know, good looking, uh, you know, overall, I mean, if you take a peek at his last, uh, something's wrong with my computer. There we go. If you take a peek at his last, like 12 rounds played, uh, he's 87th in strokes gain approach, uh, in this field. And I'm getting that from, uh, fantasy national.com. Of course, you guys should go ahead and check that out. But, the, but there were no 
there were no strokes gain stats for the events that he played uh, overseas. So if you look at it, uh, you know, in the three events he played overseas, uh, he had, uh, he gained 8.8, he he gained, he had 8.8 more greens hit uh, on average than uh, in the last, not on average, but total 8.8 more greens hit than the field in his last three events. So his, his approach game has been pretty good. Uh, you know, you, you just won't see it based on the stats that you're looking at, especially if you're a strokes game guy. And that's what you have to pay attention to after a long layoff overseas where there's no strokes gain stats. So, you know, when you look at your stats this week, they're not going to paint the whole picture. So you have to dig a little bit deeper. And Horschel is going to be one of those guys for me because I think his iron game has been fine. He's been hitting greens, good par four. He's good from 400 to 450 yards. So I do like Horschel uh, as my other pick in this range let's move on to this 9k range hold up real quick Uh, i I apologize yeah the issue there was i went with all the 11k guys and forgot about finau and horschel so that Uh, that's sort of my my take i guess what i was trying to say and you'll probably know by the way i described it was that kuchar and day i'm off of if i gotta pick one up there i'm gonna go hovland over kuchar who i think would get a little more love just because his previous is win here the history and that and whatnot the, the other factor why I said why I don't really like that range, though, and I was thinking we were just talking the 11K guys, is that Hovland's actually trending backwards, right? If you look at his last five events, it's 41st, 31st, 11th, 10th, and 2nd. That's in reverse, right? So he's actually getting worse every time, so to speak. And that, to me, is not a worry, but it's just like you said, there's, there's other things that could mitigate his game that I'm just not as in love with. But the two that I love, and you just talked about Horschel, so I won't beat that to death. I've got a bet on him later. Spoiler alert. But Finau... I'm just waiting. I'm still waiting for it, man. It's got to be a spot like this. It's got to be. So uh, I love Finau. I think if you look at his last couple times here, we talked course history, 16th, the last time out, uh, 6th, I believe, or 7th, sorry, was the time before that, which would have to be four years before that. But still, uh, you know, got to love him. Stats-wise, he can put up the birdies and make them. We need that. He's pretty accurate. We, we'll get, you know, uh, when he can uh, club down and stuff, it's almost like a woodland type, right, where he can go after it like that. So I don't mind that his fairways have been off. I, I think that he's going to be fine in that sense. So Finau and Horschel are the two that I wouldn't mind starting my builds with and going from that range. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it was either – I was going to play Horschel no matter what. It was between Hovland and Finau for me. And I went Hovland, but that could change because you're right. I mean, clubbing down – Finau has good course history here. It's just we haven't seen much from him uh, either. So it's two guys who – one guy whose form has not been – has been slowly getting worse, and another guy who just really hasn't hit his form yet uh, in the fall. So uh, I like Horstel. The other two, we'll see which one of the two I play. It is a pretty good savings you get using Finau, saving 600 bucks. Uh, but the one thing I will say is that I do like a lot of plays in the 6K, 7K range. So going up to the 11,000 range isn't that tough for me. Uh, this week but let's move down to this 9k range um, I'm going to go ahead and start I got two cash game cornerstones here the first one's going to be Russell Knox I think he's going to be a very popular play always plays well um, he's like the uh, the Scottish oh I guess Graham McDowell is no Graham McDowell's Northern Ireland he's like the Scottish Graham McDowell you know uh, a, uh, a seaside courses short courses these tend to be what he thrives in um, you know his iron game always strong um, if I'm not mistaken, I, he lost in a playoff here uh, a couple of years ago. So he has good he has good history here. Hits a lot of greens, which is going to be important. So I do like Russell Knox as my first cash game cornerstone. And then I was struggling between Scheffler and Horschel 
as my as as one of my cast game cornerstones. I went Scheffler. Now I said a couple weeks ago that I was sort of off of him. And again, if you look at his stats for the last um you know, for the last little bit, it hasn't been great, but you got to realize he played the Bermuda. Um, the one thing about Scheffler that's been bad is, you know, he's been a round one, round two guy and fades on the weekend. So if you look at his last, his five events total this year, uh, Hovland is minus 45, 45 strokes under par in the first two rounds of an event. Uh, in, the, in the last two rounds of event, he's minus eight. So 37 stroke difference from the first two rounds of an event to the second two, to the third and fourth rounds of an event. So that's a pretty big deal. That's sort of why I, I was off of him for a couple of weeks while he played. But last week at the Bermuda Championship, or the Bermuda, whatever, a couple of weeks ago, uh, he shot 66. Uh, the rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Uh, 69 on the weekend. Had, a, had his best weekend performance. Shot 66 on Sunday to move up. It's the first time we've actually seen him I have that type of medal on the weekend, and we know the talent is there. Uh, the thing about him is he's top 15 in both driving accuracy and driving distance in, 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 in the short time that we've played this year. And the thing is, he's played five events, so it's not like it's just been two events and it's an extremely small sample size. I mean, it's still, it's not the biggest sample size, but five is more than most of these guys that are playing, uh, you know, this week. And he's also second in birdies. So my thinking about Scheffler and Cash is, you know, I, I think he's so good the first couple rounds, he's going to make the cut. Now, even if he fades on the weekend, he still makes a lot of birdies. Uh, it's the larger numbers that he has troubles with. So I think that's why I like him uh, in cash this week. So that's where I'm going to go. Those two will be my cash plays uh, for the week. And then um, I do like uh, Charles Howell III as a GPP play a little bit. Again, uh, if you look at his stats, just like Horschel, he's played three straight events uh, overseas with no strokes gain stats, and he was really poor, uh, you know, before then with his strokes gain stats early on, except for the Safeway. Uh, now, but the thing is, he has gained 7.8 strokes. Uh, he has gained 7.8 more greens than the field at the CJ Cup, 5.2 more greens than the field at the Zozo, and 1.8 more greens than the field at the WGC HSBC. So his iron game looks like it has been improving. He's been hitting more greens. He has success here. I think he has two top tens in his last five events played, and he has three top tens in his last six events played here at El, uh, at El Camillion. So I sort of like uh, Charles Howell a little bit. Who do you like in this range? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't like those guys. So Howell and Knox, like, they're the two that I don't have start in here, but I like – a lot of the rest of the range, like I said, where if I'm starting with a guy like Finau as the top of my builds, and then I like the Horschel play, uh, I'm dropping down. So my first one is Neiman, 9,800. Love the guy, makes cuts, wins tournaments now. You know, he's got a win in the last five, a 33rd, a 12th. He made the cut here last year. As far as stats go, he pops just huge off the tee, opportunities gained. Uh, everything on the last 50, like I said, looking at Fantasy National, eighth in approach second for DK points, second for birdies are better, and first on par four scoring, that's going to pop for me. I'll take a, a shot on all these upside guys instead. So my other guy here is Wise, 
Uh, definitely like him. Uh, again, he got some of the stats that I want that go in there as far as off the tee, the birdies are better, solid for DK scoring, that sort of stuff. Makes quite a few cuts. Coming off of a third, two out of three cuts made here with a 10th last year. And then my second tee reveal was off of Knox. Just because I know he's going to be so popular, I, I understand fully in cash or whatever, like you're playing him. I get the history. I think he's nine for nine made cuts or something silly like that. So I get that, but I like answer. Answers, you know, coming off a quiet fourth place at the WGC, you know, we didn't talk about him at the top of the show or that, or that leaderboard or anything. I don't think a lot of people will be talking about him, but he's also made three out of four cuts here. And then the other thing I look at too, when I'm looking at charts and going back is like, how have they been in the past? And if you actually look at him versus Knox in their last 30 events, Answers got 12 top 25s, including six top 10s. And Knox has nine top 25s with only two top 10s. So if you look at upside, for me, what I'm looking for in GPPs is that upside, right? In something like the $8 on DraftKings, where you're trying to get after that 50K and you pretty much need to come first or top three to really get a decent return. That's the guy I'm going to go to. So my second is going to be answer over Knox. Love everything you said about Scotty Scheffler. I mean, as far as stats go, he's popping across the board as well. So can't hate that one too much. And then I'm just checking another one here. Um, one more guy I got is Lanto Griffin. Just a, another tournament shot. But if you look at his, his recent form, is insane, right? 18th, 1st, 18th, 17th, and 11th, right? In his last five. One for one made cuts here. Barely made the cut, but he squeaked in. And Vegas seems to like him. It seems light at around 35 to 1. So uh, not that Vegas is the be-all, end-all, but I definitely think he's a solid play for tournaments at 9,000 straight. All right. That sounds good. Let's move on to this 8K range. Why don't you just go ahead and continue there, Tambo? Yeah, so kicking off the top, got my boy, always a sucker for, for Emiliano Grillo. He's sitting there right now. I think, yeah, 8,900. It's purely, you know, mainly, I should say, a stats play across the board. It's always a stats play with him. If the greens, as they say, are going to be a little, you know, if it's going to be softer, it's going to be a little bit slower, you know, can mitigate the putting a little bit. He really pops on everything, right? He's almost top 10 in off the tees, 12th. Fairways gained 11th. Third in opportunities gained, first on approach, 15th in DK points. For me, that shows up quite well. And then, like I said, if you look at his history, he's three for three made cuts here. Last three out, 15th, 9th, and 10th here, and T30 in his last event out, period. Uh, Kisner pops, but I'll let you talk about him because I'm not big on him. He's the community better of the week. It doesn't have nothing to do with that. I get it, but uh, for me, I'll let you go through it. I'm, I'm not big on him here. I, again, would rather play some of these upside guys. I like McCarthy, right? Uh, he's got a, a great recent form, 15th, 9th, 9th, 18th. Uh, you know, stats wise as well. I like uh, Keegan Bradley. I always like him for tournaments and I don't mind his price too much at all here, considering the field sitting at 8,600. And then another one I'll point out without just hammering the range. Cause I like the seven K range quite a bit more, but Reavy is another guy with upside. Another guy, as far as par four scoring goes on 2019, he was in the top 10 for par four scoring. He's first in the last 50 on fairways gained, obviously extremely important here. Fourth in opportunities gained sixth on approach. Doesn't quite score enough, but it is price tag. I don't need him to go on and win the whole thing at 8500 So I don't mind him. And then a couple flyers on Poston and Fratelli. What about you? Uh, in this range, I would go with my first cash game cornerstone pick. It's going to be Denny McCarthy at $8,400. Uh, again, you look at his uh, approach game. We talked about this before in the past about how elite putters don't really need to be the greatest on strokes game approach. You just need to hit a lot of greens like I, the, the 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 thing I talked about was okay and, and from 150 yards 18 feet is the average Benny on hits at the 16 feet uh, gain strokes on approaches Danny hits at 20 feet 
loses strokes on approaches, who do you want hitting that putt to win? Benny on at 16 feet or Denny at 20 feet? Probably Denny uh, at 20 feet. So he's been hitting a ton of greens. He's, his form has been really, really solid. Uh, his putting is – he's been the best putter on tour for the last year plus. Uh, so, you know, and he's, if he's hitting a lot of these screens, he's also first in strokes game par four scoring uh, in the last 12 rounds. He's played also third in par four efficiency from 400 to 450 yards. You're going to see a ton of those type uh, of lengths in there. So I do like Denny a lot. He'll be my third cash game cornerstone stone pick. I'm with you. I'm not on Kisner. Uh, I think he's going to be very popular. Uh, the thing about him is if you look, if I'm not mistaken, like he's missed – the majority of his cuts played here. Um, and it's not just like one or two. Let me, let me double check. He's one for four. One for he's four. One for four. The most I mean, recent miscut last year. Yeah. And, and, and I know, like, you know, everyone loves him and his game should fit. But, you know, he just hasn't done well here. And I know uh, a lot of them was, was about five, six years ago. But he did miss the cut last week. You know, and, and he's only had, you know, he ended the season last year pretty good. But in the fall, he really hasn't showed too much. I think, I think Kenny, they're talking about a snub thing, though, right? Like, oh, should have made the President's Cup team. Maybe he's fired up because of that, too, right? Maybe. That's another uh, maybe. aspect yeah, of it. But yeah. he uh, plays match play. He plays match play. Let's we'll play him when he gets to match play. Yeah, so I, I'm not big on him. I like the lower end. I like Danny Lee, who's been playing a lot. And, you know, we haven't heard much about – what what's happening with his child if you guys don't know is his child was born two over two months early uh and that was going on while he was overseas finishing top 10 top 20 uh in a couple events and now we haven't really heard much about it so i'm, I'm hoping it's it, it, it's getting better for him and his kid and his wife and so maybe that will be a little bit less of of strain on his mind and you got to remember he did finish second here last year so the form is good uh, he has good course history. He might be a little bit more relieved mentally uh, with family stuff going a little bit easier. Hopefully, I'm just guessing here just because we haven't heard anything about it. I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, his situation with his kid is getting better. Uh, so so I like Danny Lee. Uh, you know, and he, he's been hitting a lot of birdies. Uh, top 10 in birdies are better game in his last 12 rounds. Um, and I do like Harris English uh, a little bit again. He like Kisner, he has not fared too well here, but I don't know how popular he'll be. I think Kisner's going to be very popular. English should be less. But I wouldn't mind taking the risk here, especially since he leads the fleet, leads the field in greens and regulation gain in his last twelve rounds. His iron game's been strong. Always known as a good putter, is probably his best tee to green st- stretch of his career uh, here recently. So uh, I like English, and I, I I don't know what to do with Perez. I don't know if I'm going to play him. He is the, the prince of Paspalum. Uh, but I'll go go into the 7K range and give you a guy who's probably been a little bit better than Pat Perez on Paspalum greens, and that's Bryce Garnett at $7,600. I'm moving down a little bit here to this next range. First off, you're going to get him at minuscule ownership, 5% or less would be my guess. Uh, and the thing is he has six top tens in his career. Three of them have come at this course. Four of them have come on past Palom Greens because he won. He had the three top tens here, and he won at the Corrales a couple of years ago. And four of his top tens have come in the fall. So this is like his thing. He's one of my favorite, you know, sleeper pick GPP plays, top 20 bet. I don't know. But the thing is, I did see some books have him at 60 to 1. So I don't know. Maybe maybe people do know about it, and, and it's going to be more popular than I thought. But And if it's 60 to 1, 
uh, for for an outright. Maybe the top 20 is not worth it. I, I thought it would be double that, uh, but it's not. So uh, that's one guy I do like in GPP. And then I'll go over my final cash game cornerstone pick. It's going to be Brian Gay uh, at $7,900. The guy just doesn't miss cuts, you know, and he has he's, he's never missed a cut here. At the OHL, I can't remember the last cut he missed on tour. I'm sure it has. He's had one or two, but it, he hasn't missed many cuts. The crazy stat, though, is he's first in birdies to better gained in the last 12 rounds played in this field. Brian Gay, Brian Gay is first in birdies or better game in the last 12 rounds in this field. Top five in strokes gained, par five, par four scoring. Top third in DraftKings points. You know, and, and so, you know, and the thing is, we're playing cash. So, we, really, a made cut is what is what we'd like. Uh, because you go six to six, you're going to win 98% of the time in cash in events with a cut. Uh, so, I do like Brian. So, my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Russell Knox at 9,200. Scotty Scheffler at 9,100. Denny McCarthy at 8,400. Brian Gay at 7,900. This leaves you over $15,000 to finish out the rest of your lineups. Um, other guys up top, I do like in this up top 7K range. I'm going to play Varner, and I'm going to play Sabatini. Varner's just been really consistent um, in the fall. Top 25 after top 25 after top 25. You know, he's going to come through at some point in time. Uh, Sabatini, if you look at it in the last uh, 50 rounds, he's seventh ranked in my model. Six in strokes gained T to green. Uh, so he has some decent history here, if I'm not mistaken, um, at, at this event. Uh, good at 400 par fours and 400, 450 yards, 12th in strokes game, par four scoring. So I like Sabs uh, in this upper 7K range. Who do you like? Yeah, I love Werner. That, that's the first guy I'll go with. I mean, it's not really so much just the stats that are showing, but just how much of a better golfer he's become. You know, it's a, it's the last little bit here of this fall swing. We were expecting a little bit more from him. He hasn't been bad. Like his last five events out in total, not just fall swing, he's been solid across the board. His two results, most you know, he's got two made cuts here out of three, and they were a sixth and a fifth. I read somewhere today it was it was his first ever top ten was at this course, the fifth place that he got here four years ago. So I mean, it's got to feel good to him to come back. He's definitely in a upper echelon now versus what he has been in, you know. But he wasn't even on most people's radar for the last bit, until the last year or a couple bit, you know, with playing DFS and stuff. So I think it's a good spot for him. I think seventy nine hundred is a little bit disrespectful. I really like that price. I actually think a lot of the guys in this range, the prices are just way off. Uh, you know, the final T3PO is going to be simple. It's actually against your your guy Gay there. I'm not on him either. Another guy that to me is just too vanilla. I want to have guys that are Vanilla upside. wins this tournament, huh? Vanilla wins this shit. That's what I'm they say. You. It's going to turn wins. around. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All these plays, I don't want them. They don't do anything. So I'll give you Sabs. Sabs, I mean, you already went through some of it, but he was the guy. Knox was six for six. Sorry. Sabs is – or sorry, Gay is nine for nine here. And that's what everyone's going to assume. We've got to have it. I get it, again, for cash. But he's going to be super popular. If you really break it down, I mean, Gay is six of eight himself here. I mean, sorry, um, Sabs. So he's ripping it up here himself. Six out of eight made cuts. 26 of his last 31 made cuts. So if you take it long term, he's making cuts for you just as fine. But if you look at the overall stats, he's 11 top 25s in those, in those 26 made cuts, including six top 10s. Your boy Brian Gay comes in with eight and only three top 10. So if you want that upside, you got to go with Sabatini. When it comes to stats, he crushes third in DK points, ninth and, ninth and birdies are better, 12th in opportunities gained. This is the last 50 rounds, and 12th in par four scoring. So 
Gotta love Sabatini. He brings the fire like I'm trying to bring right now. I like Sabatini here much more than Brian Gay, especially my tournament lineups. The one vanilla play that I will go with, though, is my lefty brother, Brian Harmon. And, and only just because he's the guy that he already is solid across the board when it comes to statistics. 10th in DK, 3rd in par 4, 17th in fairway, solid everywhere. He has some upside still himself, more than Brian Gay, so he's another possible pivot there. Four to six made cuts, but man, he can putt anywhere. So when you if you slow it down on these greens, he can putt anyway. So I already got to like Brian Gay. And then a couple more guys with a little bit of firepower are some, some Sebastian Munoz, Staying on him, he's first in DK scoring, third in birdies are better for the last 50 rounds. Uh, and then another guy I got here, I'm not sure if I'm even staying in the right range now, actually. But Just Keep going. Just go down all the way through to 7K. Okay, that, that's what I was going to say. We're, we're skipping ahead here. But, yeah, go, go down a little bit lower. And I've got, you know, a couple plays here. in Cameron Tringali, he's rating out stats-wise. So fifth in DK points, seventh birdies are better, sixth par four, uh, fourth overall, actually, surprisingly. And I think, you know, Ben Coley made a joke. Uh, you know, he was on the pod before we had him on. Great guy follow him if you don't already, but I mean, he's going on about, he was having dreams about this guy. And then I started looking into the stats and yeah, you know, I can see why he might be having dreams about him here. This looks like a pretty good spot. So might have to add him to the betting card later, just thinking out loud. And then another guy I really like, as far as that's concerned is Kyle Stanley. Hasn't been popping much lately. He's not going to pop up too many spots for you when you see him, but another guy second on approach 12th in DK points, 12th in, in par fours, uh, solid across the board. And then last two flyers for me are Zhang, who we talked about was on the Listener League lineup last time out. He's got the firepower we need. And Doc Redman, always going to be a fan. He's a Guff's corner guy, Guff special. But, man, he's got the stats too. Fifth off the tee, ninth fairways, 17th in both birdies are better and DK scoring. 7,100, completely fair price for him. We said he might get it done in the swing season. This could be an event that we see it at. Speaking of dreams, I had a crazy one last night. So I had a dream that that – I was next door neighbors with the tour junkies and we okay. threw this rager at my house and my dad came home and my dad was the dad from succession and he backslapped me in the face. And that's all I remember from the dream. I got to stop drinking so much when I, before I go to bed. But For hanging out with the tour junkies? No, because I fucked up the house. Oh. Because we threw a rager. Like us and the tour junkies, me and the tour junkies threw a fucking rager at my house. <laughs> and then my father was actually uh, Mr. Roy from Succession. Have you watched Succession? Not yet. I heard it's great, but I don't even know if the Canadian Netflix gets it. So I got to download oh, no. it. It's on, HB- it's on HBO. Uh, you you got you to watch it. It's a great show. The yacht that they had, you know, I've been watching so many shows about billionaires. Like I watch Billions. Uh, I watch oh. uh, Succession. The yacht that they have in the, in the final episode of season two is like a $500 million yacht. And I need that in my life somehow. It was ungr- Anyway, I'm going off target here. Let's go to this bottom 7K range. Oh, hey, you brought up a good point, though. You, when you're calling in sick for the pods, you can watch a lot of shows. That's and we, you're a friend of the pod maybe now, Amanda Rose. I mean, she was watching some shows on I, Netflix, I, and, yeah. and you shot your shot there. So when, did, are we get, when are we getting Amanda on the pod? I, I, we might have to try and do that. I don't know how good she was about that. She's probably pissed off at me since I said pe- there are people hating on her. Uh, which is not really true. It's like two guys in this Twitter feed, a uh, Twitter group that I am just hate her. And I, I see them, I see them, you know, bitching about her all the time. And I think that's a lot of people, but that's not. Uh, but yeah, I definitely was hammered that night. And she was looking good, dog. I mean, come <laughs> on now. Uh, and I, like, the thing is, she's, she's an attractive girl, but like when she does her videos, Amanda Rose, when she does her videos and everything, she's attractive. But that one pick with the no makeup, that's how you know you get a fucking keeper. When you wake up in the morning and she looks just as good as she did when she had the makeup on, that's good to go. I mean, I've been with so many girls where I wake up in the morning and I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> you, know, you know, they think guys are fake. Girls, you never even know. 
like fake eyelashes, fake lips, I, the makeup. You got no clue what these girls really look like a lot of the time. So when you can find one that you can wake up and you're like, damn, she looking fine? That's probably a keeper right there. And I got to say, Amanda Rose was looking fine. And that no makeup coat, no makeup. Call, uh, call it like you see it, Kenny. Got to, got to love to see it. That's how you want to do things, right? Don't, don't be scared and hide behind the, the keyboard. You did the right thing. You called out what you saw, said it like it was. I love it. We're gonna try and get her on the pod, maybe. And then, hey, we'll talk after at the end when we go through stuff. But there's a big Gups Corner event coming up that we're gonna try and get set up as well. So maybe I think she's in Florida. So maybe we can get her down there as well. Man, that'd be that'd be nice. I'd definitely buy her a drink. You know, you know, like like right. like like T like, like Pain said. You know, I'm gonna buy you a drink. All right, so seven K man. All right, seven K bottom seven K. I do like Tringali. Like you said, I think we're on the very same page here. Tringali, Stanley, Jang, uh, and Redmond. Those are uh, the four guys I like. Those, those are the four guys you picked, right? I was not paying attention. No, pretty, pretty much, yeah. No, they're pretty much the same. Like you said, the Doc Redmond and uh, Stanley and Tringali. Those are the three that stand out the most. Zhang's just a sleeper you can put in there. Yeah, so those are the guys. Why don't you move on to this 6K range tempo? Yeah, I'll, always going to ride my boy Ryder. That It's just a thing, right? Especially, they just never change his price. And I know it's because he never quite gets the job done. But, I mean, 28th and 18th in two of his last three. One for two made cuts here. Made the cut last year was the one he did it. So, don't hate on that. I mean, he's mediocre at best across the board. But that's priced in at 6900 uh, A guy I like a little bit more, maybe I'll say, is if you drop it down a little bit to Sepp Straka. Again, nothing recently. He did have a fourth. He had a miscut and then a fourth, so he did do something recently. But as far as cuts made go, he's extremely scary. 14 of his last 31 uh, on tour. But at the end of the day, in stats-wise, he's, he's popping across the board, right? He's top 20 in everything except for, I believe, Fairway's game, which he's like 50th. But everything else, he's top 20 uh, straight across on all the stats I've been mentioning all night. So uh, don't hate him. Don't mind that at all. Matt Jones is there. Take a flyer on that. The two that stand out, and I'll get your opinion, but I mean, the two biggest for me really are Johnny Vegas, seems way underpriced, uh, fourth in DK points, sixth in birdies are better, second in opportunities gained, and first off the tee, way down at 6,800. You know, I know he sort of fell off a little bit, but he, his most recent, he's at a 16th. He's six for eight made cuts here, so he's definitely seen the place. Uh, and then Chapel, I, I guess, I mean, he was a bit of a darling in the, in the swing season kicking off, and they didn't really do anything coming back. But I think at his price, 6,700. Uh, and I lied. There's just one more guy, and it's Andrew Landry. Uh, another guy just seems way underpriced. So, I, like you said, you like a lot of guys down here. I'm interested to hear that because I didn't like a lot of guys. I got about six or seven guys under 6K. Uh, I do like um, Matt Jones at $6,900. Um, he's been playing decent golf here during the fall. Uh, and, and let me take a peek here at his uh, stats. Um, where is he? There he is. So, you know, he's actually ranked first in my model in the last 12 rounds. You know, first in DK points, sixth in the birdie bread again, hitting a ton of greens. Great iron play here so far, been crushing par fours. So I do like uh, Matt Jones a little bit. Um, I like Scott Harrington. Uh, you know, again, another guy, good iron play, good tee to green, been hitting a lot of greens at $6,900. Uh, one sleeper that people might not be on is Brandon Wu at $6,800. Uh, you know, in his first pro event um, was a couple weeks ago, he was 17th at the Houston Open, which was his first event as a pro. He's a top five amateur when he played in college. He's probably most famous known for making the cut at the U.S. Open and then receiving his degree from Stanford University behind the 18th hole. Uh, they let him do that because they knew he was playing in the tournament. So they had the Stanford guys actually went out and gave him his diploma, um, you know, after uh, he finished uh, 18 on Sunday at Pebble Beach. So that was really, really cool. Um, 
you know, he, he's been hitting a lot of greens. Uh, he won the team competition. He, le- he led Stanford to win the team competition last year in the NCAAs. This guy's going to be good. Uh, I think, you know, he's a really good iron player. Uh, and that's what you're going to need uh, at this event. And I don't know how many people know about Brandon Wu. So uh, I'll be rostering him at $6,800. Chapel, just like you said. Uh, Rafael Campos, you know, he's from Puerto Rico. He probably has the most um, experience on past Palom Green since a lot of courses in Puerto Rico are past Palom. Uh, so that's another guy you can look at. I'll be looking at Bo Hogue, uh, Maverick McNeely in this range, um, Sepp Straka. So there are, you know, there's a lot of guys that I do like in this range. Vegas, I wasn't 100% sure uh, which way to go because, you know, the game that he has isn't really the specific type of game that we've seen thrive uh, here. But you got to remember Champ, Champ, uh, Cameron Champ finished fourth or fifth here last year. So, you know, it's not like it's an end-all, be-all. You're just going to have a plotter go in and dominate, you know. So it, it could be a chance. And, you know, like you said, upside is there for Vegas. Uh, anybody else we miss? Um, yeah, actually one more. It's uh, my boy Tyler McCumber. He got in on the playoff today. He was, uh, I think it was a three and two or whatever, and he was the last one to get in. So he'll show up. They'll send you the email shortly with the price. But, uh, you know, just a flyer. He's been really good, like making cuts and that sort of thing. So 20 out of 26, nine top 25s in that 20. So I think he's got upside if he gets through the cut. Like you said, you, you mentioned a lot of the guys. Those guys all have the upside, and I don't hate it. I just, you know, as far as experimenting goes with this new cut thing, I, I've been expanding the pool a little bit to try and get, you know, more 5% cuts of these guys and hoping that, I get more of six to sixes, therefore I run up the board. But it hasn't been – I mean, it's a very small sample size, so I don't want to talk too much about it yet by any means. But, yeah, I'm going back. I'm just going to run more balance. I think I'm going to stick to less guys under 7K and stick with that as my play. Yeah, well, during the uh, the, the, the uh, no-cut events, I definitely I, – I made myself pick less than 30 guys, uh, and that helps. Usually I'm around 30 to 35 golfers in a regular cut event. So I don't know if that's just because it was – a no-cut event, it was the right move or not. I don't know. So I'm trying to tighten my my things as well. But the thing is, when you look at the 6K range, you don't need much of them to be overweight on the majority of the 6K range. Right. So you, you might be saying you're using 35 golfers, 40 golfers, but if you're using 10 of them at like 10% in the 6K range, that's, you know, a pretty – you're, you're spreading the wealth and you're not going too heavy on one of them. So it might not, you know, really be a huge detriment unless all 10 suck ass. Uh, and then, yeah, like, like, like Ricky did. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> tied it together nicely there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you know, so, so, you know, that's the way I've been going. We'll see how it goes this week when I do my builds. Um, all right. So let's do the betting segment. Tam, who you got? Yeah. I forgot it when I was on there with Gup that time. So, and I almost hit it was the, I had the, what was it? The Rory and Scheffler double. And then Scheffler didn't come through in the end. He was like in top three going into the last day. So that sucked. But yeah, anyway, I got six bets. So I mentioned Horschel at the top. No each way. He's 20 to one. I think I could have got a better number had I've got it earlier, but really like Horschel 20 to one. I mentioned a couple of flyers for DraftKings, and I'm, I'm taking flyers on them with betting as well. I've got JT Poston and uh, Dylan Fratelli, Dylan Fratelli at 50 to one, both them 50 to one with the each way. Uh, Harold Varner, 55 with the each way. Sabatini, 55 with the each way. And then my downtown long shot is Kyle Stanley at 100 to 1 with the each way. What do you got? All right. So I got Billy Horschel at 22 to 1 uh, this week. I got uh, Scheffler at 28 to 1. Uh, Danny McCarthy, 40 to 1. 
Um, Brian Gay, 40 to 1. Harold Varner, 50 to 1. And then uh, I'm going Kyle Stanley at 100 to 1. I think uh, his game looks like it's improving, and I'll take that number so, for him. So you and I got Stanley, Sabatini. No, you don't got Sab, you got Varner, right? Yeah, I got, I got Varner, Varner, and. and uh, uh, who was the other one? No, it's all had? good. It's all good. We're Stanley. the same. We're the same on Varner, Stanley, and Horschel. So yeah, three yeah. out of our six are the same. So let's ride with that. For, yeah. for ho- I mean, we're hoping someone gets a winning bet in here, but we got three the same. Again, don't talk about it before the show, so that just works out. You got a better number on Horschel. I got a better number on Sabatini or on uh, Varner. So that's nice. Varner, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So anything we missed this week, my friend? No, I don't think so, man. All right, so I was glad to be back. Probably won't be missing a pod again for another year or so like I have been. I think I've only missed like two or three ever. Uh, so you don't have to worry yeah. about that that much. But let's have a great week, and let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org.